On this episode, you're going to hear how an agent in Utah earned a referral check for $273,000. Yeah, I don't know about you, but if I get a referral fee for $6,000, $10,000, $15,000, I'm stoked. That's amazing for a referral fee. $273,000. On this week's episode, we're bringing on Mark Jensen from Colliers International to talk about how this is even possible and what this agent did to earn such a big referral fee. The Massive Agent Podcast, with lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 123 of the Massive Agent Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Brome. Man, we have such a cool episode today that's super educational. If you've been in this business for a week or a year or 20 years, you probably still don't know a whole lot about the commercial real estate world. This week was like, you're just going to learn a lot of great stuff. We have Mark Jensen on the show. Mark is a friend of mine here in Salt Lake City. We actually grew up um, going to the same school. He grew up a couple streets away. It's crazy. We reconnected a year or so ago through Instagram, not even realizing that we knew each other growing up. It was crazy. But he's he's a very influential, very successful, very successful commercial real estate agent here in Utah. He's the executive vice president of investment sales, fancy title. He's he's an, an EVP at Colliers International. He calls himself a stockbroker of physical assets, and you're going to hear why he says that. He wrote, he actually was able to, uh, to give a referral fee to a residential agent here in Utah that was 273,000 bucks. Yeah, crazy. So what did that deal look like? right? We're going to talk about that. You're going to hear what that deal looked like and what this agent did to find it and what they did right to be able to to see this thing to close and everything like that. And if you are new to this this industry, uh, or even if you're a veteran, you're going to learn stuff about the commercial industry, the commercial real estate world that will help you as a residential agent. And at the very least, you're going to have your eyes open now looking forward to other opportunities outside of just buying or selling a single family home or a condo. This is such a great episode, so I'm excited for you. If you guys are brand new to the show, welcome. My name is Dustin Brome, your host. I am the co-founder of the Industry Syndicate Real Estate's Podcast Network. This show is a proud founding member of the Industry Syndicate. When we have conferences, uh, when those are actually a thing, I am a national speaker as I hit my microphone here. I'm a national speaker on all things real estate marketing and podcasting. I am a weekly columnist for Housing Wire. I am a realtor in Salt Lake City with eXp Realty and founder of the Massive Agent Society, our one agent per market lead generation program. You can see if your market is available or if it's sold out over at Mar- uh over at massiveagentsociety.com. Check that out and learn more about our program there. Um, so anytime I can speak to Mark Jensen, so he's a friend of mine, you know, we speak every now and then. Um, but every time I can talk to him about business, I listen. Like he he has such an amazing perspective. He does deals that are hundreds of millions of dollars sometimes, and you know, selling apartment buildings with, you know, 300 units and um, just incredible stuff. Uh, The real estate industry is so, so big. 
us as res- as residential agents, we're focused on just a small piece of it. Yes, home sales are huge, but when you you bring in retail space, office space, warehouse and industrial, you talk about uh, all these other types of real estate uh, that are out there, there's so much more to it. And if we're only focused on one, we're missing out. This agent who got the this giant referral fee for over a quarter of a million dollars, she she had her eyes open. She was looking at what else was possible to serve her clients. And so you're going to hear today in this episode here in just a sec, what she was able to do, because man, once you, once you hear it, you're like, wait a minute, I can do that too. I just have to, it has to be on my radar at the very least this and what's possible through this will be on your radar and you could potentially earn a giant quarter of a million dollar check, maybe more, maybe less yourself. Uh, so, so there we go. So get ready. This is a good one guys. Uh, real quick. Thank you so much for subscribing to the show and listening and, and writing a, re- a review. This is a free show. I do this for free. It takes, you know, I, I really enjoy this. I love the show, but it does take time. It does take money to do. So your fee, the only fee that I ask you pay, if you listen to the show is if you find value, please share it with a colleague, share it with your office, share it with your broker, share it with some agent friends, share it with a Facebook group you're a member of, uh, but help to spread the word about this podcast. We appreciate it so much. And those those of you guys that have subscribed especially are really helping to uh, helping us grow and be seen by a, a bigger audience. Reviews are great as well. That also helps. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. If you'd like to leave a review, if you have not yet, it would be very much appreciated. You can do it easily at massiveagentpodcast.com slash review. It takes you right to the Apple podcasts page where you can leave a review for the show and then make sure you subscribe. So you never miss an episode and you always get notified whenever a new one comes out every Thursday morning. You don't have to remember. You're just going to be notified. You click it and listen. Bing, bang, boom. Everybody wins. Let's jump into the episode with Mark Jensen from Collier's International. Prepare to have your mind blown. Prepare to be edumacated. This is really, really good stuff. So uh, drink a Red Bull, have some coffee, do whatever you need to do. This is good stuff. Let's go. All right. I'm here with Mark Jensen, a good friend and and one of the, the smartest, brightest commercial real estate minds that I know. He's a big deal in Salt Lake City. He doesn't think he is, but he absolutely is. He's the executive vice president of investment sales for Collier's International. Mark Jensen, welcome to the Massive Agent Podcast, my friend. What's going on? Hey, Dustin. Super honored. Humbled to be here, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you you come from a completely different world. The commercial real estate world is so different. And I know that I only know the half of it. I probably don't even know the half of it. It's They're just different worlds. And we'll talk about that for sure. But, uh, you know, you and I, we both live in Salt Lake. What's crazy is we went to high school together. Um, <laughs> you know, like we, we grew up on, on uh, like a street or two away. We didn't even know it at the time. Uh, crazy, crazy small world, but we've reconnected through social media, through Instagram, I believe. And, and, uh, you know, we've just started talking shop and talking real estate and marketing. And you shared something with me, rent, you, you mentioned it kind of nonchalantly, like, oh yeah, this happened. And it really got my attention. And that's, that's why people are listening to this right now is you, you actually issued a $273,000 referral check paid out to a residential agent, correct? Correct. Yes. That is nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> like if I get a referral check for like 6,000, 8,000, 10,000, like I'm stoked. 
hey, 273. It all, it, it all adds up, right? Now that's true. It, it certainly does. It adds up quicker when it's 273,000. So, <laughs> uh, so, so I got the impression just kind of reading between the lines that that's not, it's not a super uncommon thing. And so it got me thinking like, wait a minute, how can we as residential agents be thinking bigger and thinking outside of our little box of just selling, you know, a, a two-story with a, with a garage and a backyard and a nice kitchen. How can we think beyond that uh, and start thinking of what else is out there? Because agents are, we're, it's a relationship business, as is yours. Uh, we're talking to people every day and, you know, we're bound to come across opportunities. So, uh, so real quick, 60 seconds or so, um, who are you? Like, you know, how did... We'll, we'll get into how you got into commercial real estate, but like, what do you do on a daily basis as a commercial agent? Because that's a very broad term. Um, you know, unlike a residential agent, that's pretty obvious. You know, commercial, there's so many different things to do. So what do you do on a daily basis? And then let's get into how an agent was able to get a $273,000 referral check. Love it. And thank you very much for the opportunity. I mean, you and I have talked for, you know, months now about, uh, you know, just offering some more access, understanding into the commercial real estate space. I, I love to be that catalyst, man. I would love to, you know, as, as we've talked, you know, we're in the business of talking to people, we're in the business of helping people and nobody talks to more people than residential agents. Right. So my, right. my role just very quickly, you know, I tell people in the elevator, I'm a stockbroker of physical assets. I know what properties mm-hmm. are worth. I know what the, you know, what they're worth now, what they're worth stabilized, what they're worth on the open market, you know, when they're brand new, when they're old. Um, I know all product types. Um, you know, we've talked about, I've sold a lot of car washes, retail centers, office buildings, industrial buildings, land. Um, but, but more, I don't sell lifestyle. I feel like a lot of residential agents, you know, do and do very, very well. I, I'm, I literally, you know, compete with the stock market and the bond market. Um, every property has a risk profile and a, and a, and a cycle of, you know, life cycle and an investment cycle. And, we just kind of match those opportunities and understand values and, and uh, put the right, you know, the right people in the right places and help solve, you know, help solve a lot of problems. So that's awesome. (laughs) And it's crazy because did you love math growing up? You know, it's interesting. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge math guy. I'm a, I'm a big time creator. Like I love design. Um, and I certainly love people in, you know, in any business, I think if you're, if you're in business, if you're in sales, like we are, you definitely have to love people, but you and I have talked a little bit offline. My dad actually was the CFO of, of one of the largest, uh, residential mortgage servicing companies in the U S at the time it was called mountain States mortgage. And I mean, I want to say they had $2 billion under management and this is like in the nineties, dude, I was in my teens. So I've been around finance. So I would say most of my approach to the business was really my desire to understand money and my ability to understand payments and, and, uh, interest rates and, you know, sort of those, those sort of things. So I'd say more finance side of things. Um, yeah. you know, but obviously in what we do, math is extremely important. That makes sense. It's the financial stuff that's really interesting to you. And math is just obviously a, a major part of that. Um, it, cool. You're, you're someone who I look up to as kind of, you know, this, this financial, uh, an investment wizard because some of the the deals you've told me about are just stuff that we as residential agents don't even think of. Like it's stuff that happens behind the scenes. We have no idea. And we're just <laughs> over here selling, selling this property and this property, you know, with John and Susie homemaker and then, you know, John and Sally Smith. Um, and, and you guys are doing such different stuff. So how then did a residential agent get involved with you to where, they they earned a two hundred and seventy three thousand dollar referral referral check. How did that happen? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you, you hit it spot on. I mean, when you're selling a home, when you're representing a buyer, representing a seller, you're working with somebody that has, they either work somewhere or, you know, have other investments and, you know, everybody has some sort of crossover with commercial real estate. You may just not be asking the right questions or you may not be thinking about that or you may not care. Um, but, you know, in the residential world, obviously you're not going to let your, your client overpay your underwriting price per pound, right? I mean, you're saying here's what it is on a per square foot basis. I've been through all the other comps and this sort of feels right type thing. You're that, that's, you know, you add a tremendous amount of value for that. In my world, it's all of that. I look at a building and, and literally I look at the building and it's great, but I, I underwrite you know, essentially the next 10 years of ownership of that building. And so we look at, you know, the age of the roof and rents coming in and we, you know, we talk a lot about mark to market. Are we below market rents? Are we above market rents? And um, so let me, let me jump into just the easy, the easy part is uh, I was approached by a residential agent who has now become my best friend, obviously for obvious reasons we'll get into, but, but, you know, <laughs> yes. I, I like to tell people that I collect friends for a living. You bring me an opportunity and, and if I, if it's doable, we will do it together. Um, she approached me, and uh, it was interesting. Uh, I was actually at the petting zoo in Scipio on the way to St. George on spring break. And this is probably, you know, 2018 when this started. Um, and she called and said, hey, I work with a family who has a portfolio of assets that they're potentially looking to sell. Um, you know, can you be here tomorrow? And, and, you know, we can tell more. We can go deeper into that someday if you want. But essentially, I'm at Disneyland pitching the deal the next day on the phone when the business um, my deal with her for bringing me in that it was that I was going to pay her a 25% referral across the board. And at that point, I didn't realize the, the, you know, the scope of work that needed to be accomplished. I just love business. I love the fact that I was the right person for that deal. Um, and when we came back from our, our trip, we met in person, it turned out to be a 16 property portfolio, um, you know, oh, worth wow. tens of millions. <laughs> Damn. And, and so you didn't know this agent prior? I, I did not no, and, and you know we can kind of get into when you and I banter back and forth a little bit about you know why she found me you know why I was the right person for the deal. We actually ended up having to compete for the opportunity um, against another 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 gentleman, a team, um, and, and we were just the right person for the right job. And and a lot of the reason why we were successful is that she she put in the effort and time to find the the you know the right person that, that was right for that portfolio. I primarily do multifamily sales in the market. Um, I consider myself pretty creative, pretty well networked. We, you know, historically we've done anywhere from 40 to 60% of the broker transactions in the Wasatch front. So luckily it was my, you know, sort of work, previous work and preparation that met her opportunity. And that's really where the success came. Um, no different than if you're going to go have heart surgery, you know, you want to, you want to find a heart surgeon, you don't want to call your dentist type thing. And uh, she really put a lot of effort into finding me and, and uh, it was, you know, from the beginning, she set it up properly, which was fantastic and very, very clever and smart on her part. A lot of residential agents might have tried to run the deal themselves, right? And I think that that wouldn't have provided the value that we provided. And if we get into deal points, you'll kind of see that, you know, we we do what we do, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't dare to sell a home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, different worlds. But okay, so just through her contacts, just by networking, and you know, her sounds like her clients or her sphere of influence. She she knew about, uh, and so what's the story behind it? Like someone passed, and they had a a portfolio of sixteen properties, and and they're like, hey, help us! Like we need to sell these, and she's like, okay, so let's find an agent. And luckily, you're very good at what you do, and and your rep your reputation was there. Like you said, it compounds over time, and 
and she sought you out as being the guy who could help her accomplish that. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. And I, I think it's even cooler than that for her and for your listeners. I mean, she had, she had done some residential transactions with this family. That family, you know, knew that she was a trusted confidant in their real estate transactions. They, they went to her and said, you know, here's what's happening. The patriarch of the family had actually passed away. Um, and it was being passed down to essentially six cousins, which was absolutely crazy. Um, mm, yeah. and, and she, she, and she knew several of those family members and they said, what should we do? And she said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. Um, you know, I don't know how the first meetings went, but it wasn't like, Hey, let me run with this myself. Here's the listening agreement for 6%. It was like, let me help you run a process because you trust me and I'm in the game. And, and that was really, you know, that was great. Right. And that's what ultimately led to the, the, the goal is always what's best for the client and what's best for the assets. And, and hundred percent, she hit both of those out of the park just by saying, I'm, I'm not the right person, but you know what? I, I'm your trusted confidant advisor and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush this for you guys because I love you. And it just was really, it was very thoughtful and, and thorough from the get-go with the intention of doing what was right for the family and for the assets. And I, I think that's so commendable and, and worth every penny she got. Right? Wow. Uh, so she obviously did a lot right. And I know... I haven't always been like this, but, but you know, in recent years since I've I've grown and matured into this, when you can think outside of your own needs and you and you just put yourself aside, like she did, and she was like, "Hey, I can't do this for you. I'm not like this is not my specialty, but let me find someone who who is." And through research, found that you're the best, and and found you. That takes a certain level of professionalism, a certain level of maturity, a certain. Um, I mean, call it whatever you want. Like that, that's impressive. Um, I've, you know, I think I've been able to do that to a certain degree in recent years. And every time I can think beyond myself and, and think about what's best for the client. And we say this shit all the time, but how, <laughs> yeah. we yeah. really do. Like we all say, well, we were doing what's best for the client, <laughs> but how many actually do in situations like this? Because she rather than looking at the $16 million value of the portfolio and thinking, oh my God, if I sold that, you know, wow, and tried to run the whole thing. And I, you even alluded to that. A lot of agents would try to run the show and just kind of have you tag along to advise or whatever. So uh, that that's impressive. Like what, during the course of her seeking you out and telling you about this this deal, what else should residential agents listening, which is you know ninety nine percent of our audience, what should they know about what else went right during that process, and and maybe some things that went wrong that that could have gone right if if you know she just knew maybe it wasn't her, but just things to consider during the process that would help our audience. Yeah, I love it, and I I think you know there's there would be nothing wrong if if in earnest she said let me take this on myself, I'll figure it out right because we were in a hot market. I mean, I've joked the last 10 years that you could sell your own properties on Craig, Craigslist. There's enough buyers out there. Totally. This, was, this was super unique. Um, you know, so we don't need to get into too much of that. We, sent it, we essentially sold it at a two cap, which was mean, basically means if you paid all cash for it, you would get, you'd get 2% on your money mm-hmm. because we were marking everything to market. So we, we basically took the property to full renovation, took them to market rents, and then we backed out that full financial performance model, time value of money to come up with where do we think it should trade and why. Um, now I'm getting off topic. Like I promised you, I wouldn't, but let me just say, <laughs> no, you're good. But, I, I, and I, I like it. Cause you're, you're giving specific details of what's going on. And, and that is helpful. 
Well, yeah. And, and, and when you sell a home and let's just say you're selling a high-end home and someone comes to visit it, you know, you're not saying, Hey, let's, you know, let's go into the crawl space and check out the HVAC system. And, you know, I'm going to show you where the plumbing goes in. I mean, you literally, you're like, imagine you Christmas Eve with your family, plate of cookies, guitar, telling stories. I mean, I'm not getting in your world, but like I, I bought homes, like you're, you're, you're selling the future. And, and that's what we do on the commercial side is we sell the investment future. Right. And so we're always, we're always saying this is what the property is now, but you know, where, where can it go? The one thing I will tell you that I really appreciated about her and this, this goes for a lot of people is she said, I want to be involved one, because I have a relationship with the client, but two, I want to learn. And I was like, absolutely. That's amazing. And what I put back on her immediately was I'm going to run the vast majority of communication through you because there's six decision makers and I don't know those decision makers. So let me go do what I do and you control that part of it. And immediately I made her accountable and part of the team, which, which I think, you know, obviously gave her a sense of value and, and I valued her relationship, you know, enough to, to want to make sure that she was involved in the decision-making process and kind of how we move forward. Um, there wasn't a lot that she did wrong. Um, it was a really challenging deal. I mean, I've joked many times it was like the Sistine Chapel because the short story is we, we took, we ended up doing close to 50 tours. We received 35 offers. Some people wanted one building. Some people wanted four. Some people, you know, we had a couple of groups that wanted the whole thing. We basically did a call for offers multiple times, brought, you know, brought all the offers to retail. And then we got one group to buy the whole portfolio at full retail value. I mean, it was like, boom, home run. She gets her check. Um, that's probably more detail than what you, what you want to know, but it was, it was awesome. Right. Imagine if she, she had done that herself. She would have tried to package it, put it on the MLS. And then what you end up doing though, and this is really important. And I think one of the things that she realized really clearly up front is you pull somebody that's an expert in and you create leverage for your client. You have the power. You hit send on an email blast or put something on the MLS and you don't have rent rolls and P&Ls and financials and you haven't talked to lenders. You don't understand the, you know, the sale comp market and who the buyers in the, in the market you all of a sudden become reactionary to the market and that puts you immediately on the defense. And you don't want to sell something on the defense. You want to know what you have, know what it's worth and why. And, and that, you know, then you hand it to your running back and, and you, you score the touchdown. So I, I think she just, like you said, it, it showed an incredible amount of maturity and it, it's all taken us time to take ourselves out of our own heads. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, could she have done it herself? Yes. Could she have just passed off to me without a referral? Yes. Um, but that, you know, that's not the point. The point is how do we get you guys in front of people asking the right questions, delivering enough value that, you know, I didn't question paying her the 25%. I mean, if anything, it was like, here's your money and thank you. Can we do it again? <laughs> you know? Yes, exactly. So, uh, super, super win-win for everybody. It was fantastic. And she's amazing and deserves, you know, deserves every penny that she got. I'm impressed that she was able to stay in her lane, so to speak, because I know what it's like when you get out of your lane, which I've I've done before and I've learned the hard way why there's a lane to begin with and why why <laughs> staying in your lane is is a thing. Uh, you know, like I've sold like I'm a residential agent, but I've sold multi-units, I've sold duplexes, I've sold a fourplex. And, you know, even even with those, like you're adding more levels of consideration that don't exist with a single family home because you get into rent rolls, you get into cap rate, you get into, uh, you know, different financing, you get into different considerations that the buyer has, all of that. And 
the time that I really noticed how important it was to stay in my lane was when I sold vacant land. Uh, I sold a lot up in uh, Summit Park, up near Park City. And um, this was, it was a short sale actually. Jesus, yeah, it was a short sale, um, which most agents listening don't even know what a short sale is because they, they haven't existed. You guys, um, you guys are missing out, but we might get there. <laughs> we, we might get there. Yeah, it was just, you know, bad and good. Yeah, it, anyways, uh, it was this, this lot and I, I was like, it's, it's land. This has got to be easier. Well, once I started getting calls from buyers, I'm like, uh, I, what do you mean utilities, uh, sewage? Is it stubbed to the, stubbed to what? So like I, they started asking questions. I'm like, what do you mean? So I had to learn pretty quickly and I'm like, wow, there's, this is a different world. And, and so that taught me the value of staying in my lane and I try to do it whenever possible. Uh, so I respect it when I see it too. That's cool. Um, is that the first time that, that you've had a residential agent uh, refer you a deal? No, not at all. In fact, you know, I think the, the Utah board of realtors has done a fantastic job. I think it's uh, three years running. I've been on an annual panel um, where they, they have commercial brokers come in and residential brokers can come and ask questions. And I'm always blown away at the talent in that room. I'm blown away at just how nice they're dressed and their nice cars and how well-spoken everyone is. I'm just like, this is incredible, you know? Um, but but it, it, is a, it is two different worlds kind of colliding. And, and we were, I was originally approached um, by, you know, one of the one of the principals or whatever you'd call them on the board of directors of, of the Utah board of realtors uh, because they were having, they were having legality issues with, with resi-mercial agents, right? So you're a residential resi-mercial. agent, you, yeah. you're, you're a residential agent, you go to a commercial deal, but maybe you didn't dot all the I's and cross all the T's and, and they were getting some blowback and uh, under certain situations. And so, you know, they, they just kind of brought us in to, to sort of, you know, bridge that gap uh, or bridge the two worlds and have an open conversation and, Honestly, some of my favorite relationships have come from that um, only because it, you know, there's no other forum that's been created where I get to see what the residential market's doing, the questions that they have, the, the tenants, the clients that they're representing and why and what they're doing. And, it, you know, and I'm not in it for the fee. I mean, you go back to, you know, staying in your lane. The reason you get out of your lane is we're curious, right? Like we're entrepreneurs. So, I mean, I would never tell somebody like, hey, stay in your lane. Uh, because I recognize the value that I didn't stay in my lane for 16 years. I'm still not even sure what my lane is, but you, you gain enough experience to where if you do take on some land, now you know, right? Now you can do it. So you've got to gain that experience True. somewhere. I think True. there's That's fair. Value, so much value in doing a couple of deals with somebody. Um, and here's, let me back up too. If you have time and you have the relationship and you're open and honest about it, like, hey, I'm new, but I'm going to figure this thing out. It, as long as it doesn't negatively impact the you know owner's ability to execute, I, I think that's a, a wonderful thing. I think if there's one thing that I bring to my clients and my transactions is in in how I've built a reputation is I'm totally transparent from from the get go, and I think that that is because you know if all things were equal, we had plenty of time. Anybody can do anything, but if if execute if surety of execution is important important and you do want to truly learn outside of your lane. I mean, you and I collaborate all the time. We're collaborating right now and you collaborate with hundreds of people. You know, there's collaborations. Amazing. Just find the right people that share the same mindset and, and just be transparent with those people as well. Like, Hey, I've got this deal, but I want to make sure that we know where utilities are and do we need to get a survey and do we need to get a phase one? And, you know, just those types of things. If you don't know, find somebody that does team up with them. And I mean, amazing things will come from that. Cause I, 
I'm a true believer in the abundance mindset. And every time, I mean, there's just so much business out there. The people that say there's not enough business are so focused on their competition. Yeah. They're not focused on the market and what they can accomplish themselves. And there's, there's always stuff to do in our business. That's the best part about real estate in general. Absolutely. I want everyone listening to, to start to get some ideas of what they can and should be looking for when they're out there in the world, talking with clients and learning about their needs. Because if, if agents are only focused on selling or representing a buyer on a, on a single family home, they're missing out on all, you know, the rest of real estate, which is this monstrous industry that, you know, there's so many different facets of it. So some of those other deals that you've done or, or that you've had referred to you by residential agents, what, what do those deals look like? What are some of those types of deals that agents can kind of have on their radar now, or at least be conscious of as they're, as they're getting out there, um, you know, talking to people? Absolutely. And you and I talked about this a lot in the past, but no, there's no training in real estate. I mean, you can go to, I mean, <laughs> right. there's, there's definitely no training in commercial real estate, you know, like, when I went and got my license, it was all about how to sell a home. No one ever talked about, you know, leasing or investment sales or capital markets or any of that stuff. And so um, the, you know, so the first thing I would, I would want to leave your listeners with, and, and this is something that you guys do anyway, or you don't get paid any money, but you get paid the proportionate amount of money to the value that you provide. And so I just, it, you just consistently think through, you know, how do, how do I provide value or create value? I mean, if you represent a client, now we'll get into the commercial side, I don't mean to sidetrack, but if you go to find a house and it's, it's, they're asking $400,000 and you offer them $200,000 and you accept it, I mean, you essentially just created $200,000 worth of wealth, right? And so that you're creating that kind of value and you should, you deserve to get a proportionate share of the value that you provide. Um, yeah. On the commercial side, think about this. So I put, I put my clients into one of two categories. One is capital preservation and one is capital creation. Most of my clients are capital creation and creation strategies are buy a piece of property, put a fourplex on it, put bodies in it, you know, stabilize it and sell it. And you've created that value. Preservation is the buyer that comes in and buys that fourplex because it's all the hard work's been done and you're just looking for long-term cash flow. What residential agents can do to create value or, or, you know, or add value is just knowing the clientele and their, their sphere of influence, what they do. Um, a lot of the stuff that comes to us is, Hey, you know, I work out at the gym with this guy and he's the CEO of this company and, and they're growing really fast, you know, and they're in 10,000 feet, but they may need more. We jump on a phone call with them. Turns out that they need 40,000 feet and we find a building for them. We put them in there, you know, and get a huge fee and whoever teed up that relationship makes a lot of money. A lot of times it's corporate, right? It's downsizing, it's growth. Anytime there's trends or movement, um, you make money, you know, or lose money, you know, in commercial real estate. Um, so be, be conscious of who you're selling home to. If they, if you sell a home to somebody that just moved into the market, they may have no idea what's going on with their company, but guess what? You just found a company that is actually moving people into the market and that's movement, right? There's an opportunity there. If you find out what company it is, connect with a commercial broker and say, Hey, this company's growing. Even just a little nugget like that can move the needle in commercial real estate. Cause you call and maybe they don't have a broker or maybe they need more space. And, you know, there's just always opportunities just really be conscious conscious about who you're doing business with already and the sphere of influence you have. And, and what can you do? You can ask what their commercial real estate needs are. And, and from there, you can do exactly what this residential agent did with me, find the right person. And, you know, you just, you just drop something else in your pipeline that you didn't have access to before. And it's all going to, you know, like we said at the beginning, it all adds up. 
up, right? So absolutely. Uh, so I know in my career before, I've had I've had clients that have reached out that are like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about opening a restaurant or a salon, or I, you know, I need an office space. I'm thinking about starting a company, and they're like, okay, I need real estate, and you're the only agent they know. Um, then, then you as a residential agent, you're like, okay, now I need to find a commercial one. Could you, could, could you kind of educate us a little bit on the differences in the different segments of the commercial world? And, um, and maybe beyond that, the first steps that an agent should make if they, are, if they get approached by a client or someone who's like, hey, I want to start this business. I want to start a salon. I want to do this. What should they do first? Okay, so this is where I'm going to get totally inhuman for one moment. You'll understand why. But um, <laughs> nice. th- this took me years to understand. But if you have a vacant building and, you know, let's just say you're an agent, you're aware of a vacant space and you have somebody that comes to you and says, I want to open up a salon, but they only want to sign a three-month three month lease, right? So let's just say the rent's $2,500 a month for three months. That's $7,500. Then you charge 6%. You just made 450 bucks. you know, like was that worth all of that effort? So yep. a lot of it is just understanding kind of those thresholds and doing the math. And so here, here we go. Here's how you get paid in the commercial real estate space. If you have a tenant and you have a, a space and you put them in there, you typically get paid three to 6% of the first five years of the lease. So if you do a two-year lease, you only get paid two, you know, two years. So you basically calculate that full payment out. Does that make sense? So if they're paying 5,000 a month times 12 times five is 300 grand. So a five-year lease at five grand a month at 6% pays out Mm $18,000. That that took me a long time to understand. (laughs) I don't even know why, but on the investment sales side, it's a little bit more competitive than that. My my average fee, because we do, you know, a couple hundred million a year is about 40 bips, which which sounds incredibly low, but it's a really competitive market. Um, And so understanding your personal thresholds on what what it's worth pricing wise can also help. Um, because if you're if you're going to refer somebody a deal that's only going to make them four hundred fifty dollars and ask for a referral fee, I mean, no one's going to pick up that football, right? Like it's just going to sit there. And so there are clients that you may want to, you know, you may you may want to for the relationship put in that extra time, knowing that maybe it wouldn't cross the threshold to get somebody on the commercial side excited. And, and there's Craigslist and KSL in our market, and there's LoopNet, and you can call me for sure anytime for free, and I will hundred percent give you all the resources you need. Our firm tracks every vacancy, every occupancy in the market across all product types, retail, office, industrial, um, et cetera. I primarily do multifamily, but we'll talk through some of the, some of the sectors that we talked about. Um, but as it gets to a higher threshold, you're like, wow, they, you know, they're in 10,000 feet or he's a dentist and wants to open up two more locations. I mean, things that start to have some scale to him. There's, there's definitely a lot of value that you bring to the table. And that's where, that's where you get paid is when you bring that value. Um, and then do you want to jump into kind of different market sectors really fast? Yeah. Yeah. And this is something, especially when I first got my license uh, just over nine years ago, that I literally thought that all commercial real estate was the same. I didn't understand there's retail, there's office, there's industrial, there's multifamily, probably stuff I'm missing. But um, for like, how would you explain the differences just so people can kind of like, you know, educate themselves on the space a little bit more? Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, in industrial is four walls and a roof, dock high doors, <laughs> you know, uh, ground high doors, it's power. So those are your, your companies that, you know, your HVAC companies, your Amazons, things of that nature, distribution, manufacturing space, stuff like that. 
Um, office is, you know, you guys have all been in your office and, and each category would sort of be dissected into A, B, and C. I mean, an, an A office building is like downtown Salt Lake, a new tower, whereas C would be like your office, you know, yes, <laughs> C, C would be something more suburban and, and older, low ceiling, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, then you've got multifamily apartments, which is primarily what I do. I, I typically focus on 12 units and above. Our average deal is probably more like 75 units and above. We don't do fourplexes, duplexes, fiveplexes. And we can talk about that, but the reality is you actually get more juice by putting those on the MLS because a lot of people aren't underwriting financial returns. I'll tell you this, if you own a duplex or a fourplex, your return on equity is way lower than we can get you in the commercial space. So if you have questions about that, please connect with me. Um, the And then retail is just your retail. It typically gets you know split into, are you grocery anchored? Are you big box? Are you, you know... Um, are you mall stuff like that? And then we kind of have other, which is going to be in, which is going to be storage units and car washes and laundromats and stuff like that. But yeah, retail office, industrial land, obviously covers all the market sectors. Um, but typically you'll have a commercial broker that specializes in each of those. I mean, if you called me and said, Hey Mark, we need 200,000 feet of industrial out by the airport. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you three names that would go kick so much butt at that. You wouldn't believe because they're, they, they own that they, that market. They know the the players. They know the vacancies. They know when leases roll. They know who's you know who's developing, who's not developing. They know all the existing inventory and track it. Um, and that's the other thing that's probably important to say is the reason I tell residential agents don't don't try to run with a you know something of scale because you're going to be competing with guys that are just so much further ahead of any of us than we are. Right? I mean. Industrial guys right. don't come to multifamily and try to represent a buyer because like they just, they just know to call me and, and, you know, it gets done type thing. Same thing in, in the commercial world as we really do stay in our lanes, but those are kind of the major food groups. Um, and then in re- in everything you've got subsectors, right? Like retail has drive through and fast food and, and uh, neighborhood centers and stuff like that. So. I, I love it. Um, so you mentioned offhandedly, but I want to I want to come back to it because I think it's interesting. <laughs> it actually sets me up for another question that, that came to mind. You mentioned Sweet. that you know if you if you are investing in a fourplex or something, you can actually get much better returns in the commercial world. Um, what does that look like? And then uh, I'm curious, like if if someone wanted to hire you, being that you focus on investments, you're a stockbroker of of physical assets. I I love that description, by the way, because I like. <laughs> I get it. You know, I, I like, okay, yeah. cool. That's what he does. Um, if someone's like, Hey, I want to, I want to get an investment. I want to, I want to get that better return in the commercial world. Like what kind of minimum investment are we talking about? Like if someone who had, you, you answer that however you'd like, but I'm curious, like, you know, what kind of level financially do you need to be at in order for that to even make sense? Yeah. Awesome question. And believe me, I would love to own a fourplex. I would love to own a duplex. Um, a lot of that discussion too, is just return on energy. I mean, if you're a doctor yeah. and you invest in a fourplex, congratulations, you're now a doctor and you own a fourplex, right? Like you have to go manage it and collect rents and things like that. So a lot of what we, right. what we do as, as wealth managers in the, in the real estate space is we look at who you are, where you are, how much capital you have now, what, what are the goals? And, and then really what kind of time and resources do you personally they have. Um, you and I have talked a, a couple of times offline on some of the home runs that we've done. And a lot of it came down to, Hey, if, if you went and got a job outside of this storage facility, you own, or these car washes you own, and, and you paid yourself $45,000 a year, your actual return on equity is like 2%. So 
we should sell and go put you into something that's going to make you 6% and then you get all your time back. We, we do a lot of those types of return on equity, return on energy discussions. Um, but the beauty is, I mean, you, you know, a lot of people buy a duplex or a fourplex based on appreciation and what they can afford, right? I mean, it's also anything under five units, you can get residential financing. So you, you can borrow something, you can buy something with less than 25% down. Typically in the commercial real estate space, you, you really need to have 25% down, if not more now in the COVID days, but we can talk through that on a subsequent podcast if people want to want to know what's changed. But, um, you know, 25% of a million dollars, $250,000, that's probably where you want to be. But here's what's crazy and awesome about life in general and where we go, where we're going in the, in the fintech world um, is all of a sudden you can put $10,000 down and buy into an office building in downtown New York City. You know, there's so many crowdfunding sites and opportunities to be a part of something bigger. And to me, that is so freaking fun, man. And that's absolutely the future. Hey, sweetie, you know, I just got this bonus. It's 80 grand. You know, should we send it over to our stockbroker? Do you want to put it in the mattress? Should we call Mark? Should we buy a fourplex? Or should we go on cadre.com and invest in a brand new office building in downtown Chicago? You know, you can actually put those things side by side and compare those. I mean, the future of investing is crazy because, you know, you just have everything's at your fingertips and and information is so, you know, so very valid and, and accessible right now. So, I mean, I think you could start with, with as little as $1,000. I mean, Grant Cardone, I think, will take as little as $1,000, you know, and his thesis is workforce housing and be multifamily across the U.S. because you can't build those units anymore. Um, and we obviously, housing is a, you know, major underserved market in the U.S. I mean, you can't build enough housing to meet the demand. So, you know, there's this cool technology that's going to allow people to do that. And then a lot of times locally, we just have people call and they say, Hey, I've got a hundred grand. Call me if somebody else has a hundred grand, you know, and we end up putting together like these little ninja, you know, groups, because the reality is if you go buy a fourplex and you fully lever it, so you put 10% down and borrow 90%, you know, on 200 grand, you're putting $20,000 down, you're borrowing $180,000. I mean, how much are you actually netting? And is it worth your time to go buy that versus could you put that $20,000 into something that's going to grow and, and pay you a, a, an actual calculated return of six or seven or eight or 10% um, monthly, quarterly, whatever. And then, you know, later we can get into 1031 exchanges, compounding interest, um, compounding your wealth and and sort of growing that, that little ninja portfolio as well. But I think nowadays it's way cooler than what you and I had 10 years ago. (laughs) It just makes it so much more accessible to more people. And uh, you know, I think I've talked about it on this show before, but a while ago, uh, and, and Mark, I believe I told you it, at one point, a couple of years ago, I was uh, involved in this, uh, this startup um, called, called Nest Platform, and it was trying to make, uh, trying to tokenize through blockchain um, investment property and, and make investment property accessible to someone who had even 500 bucks, you know, um, where they could buy a fraction of a building that was cash flowing like a, an apartment building in Manhattan or something through, uh, through blockchain and through, through tokenization. And you mentioned cadre, which I believe they're backed by like Goldman Sachs and BlackRock and all these guys. <laughs> um, it, there's so many cool things happening. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I wasn't even considering the new, these new ways that make investing more accessible uh, for stuff like that. Do you have to be an accredited investor and, and could you, briefly just let everyone know what, what it means to be an accredited investor. Yeah. So, 
you know, what's interesting is I actually wrote a blog post like four years ago or three years ago called I am blockchain because <laughs> the, 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 the main thing about blockchain is knowing what you're buying, right? And, and having yeah. access to information. The tokenization, you know, forgive the term, but it's like porn to me in commercial real estate because that is absolutely the future. They've done a couple of buildings. And, and what that does is that's crowdfunding meets liquidity, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's like buying a pot of gold or, you know, a bar of gold. It's like, you can walk that down to state street and get market value for that gold. I mean, if you all of a sudden have, you know, 55 tokens tied to the world trade center in New York, um, and you can, well, that's probably a bad idea because I've been in New York since the, uh, <laughs> do they have a new World Trade Center building there yet? I don't know. Let's just yeah, say the, the the one they do. Yes. One World Trade okay. Center. It's the tallest For, building in, I, in New York. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I'm going to say Chrysler building. Uh, okay. Let's just say you, you put $180,000 into the Chrysler building. You're getting monthly cash flow from that. Um, but all of a sudden, you you know, you want to go buy this fourplex with, with Mark, right? Um, even though I just told you not to do that. We're going to go do that anyway because I've got a different strategy. But uh <laughs> all of a sudden you can just go online and click sell and somebody picks up your tokens and you get wired the money. I mean, that the, the liquidity thing is really what the tokenization solves. Um, but, but giving the power to the people like a Robin hood in commercial real estate is amazing because it actually will drive value to real estate. I mean, if you, if you're looking for one person that has, you know, we had a, an apartment building here in Utah sell for $144 million last year. It's the biggest single sale our market's ever seen one dude, but that one dude's are hard to come by. But if all of a sudden you can then sell that thing to 2,800 people or two, you know, 20,000 people, you can actually get more money for the property because people with less money are willing to take less yield. And that's, and there's more people like that. That's where like, don't buy a duplex, don't buy a fourplex in my world comes in because there's so many people that can afford to do that, that, you know, it's sort of supply and demand meet, you know, creates a, a lower, lower yield. But the tokenization thing is absolutely incredible. And I don't even remember what your question was now. <laughs> no, you answered it. I think. Okay. But, but I, I'm just yeah. so enamored by your response that I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You're right. Like, it, so if you boil it down to, um, to, uh, I, I want to say cause and effect. Duh. Um, demand. Uh, oh my God. But supply the, the and opposite. demand. Supply and <laughs> demand. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, guys, this will be the final episode of the Massive Agent Podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're done here. Now, supply and demand. Uh, you're right. If if you make it so much more accessible and and what blockchain does, it, it makes it efficient, makes it so much faster, which means cheaper. And there's fewer people involved, which means cheaper and faster. Like yeah. all of that is good and, and makes demand go up. So you know, if you have an apartment building, now you've you've increased the demand by let's randomly say 30%. Is it worth more? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Not, I, not I haven't that, even thought of that. That's cool. The transparent, I mean, I've built my career on transparency, right? And blockchain is, is me transparency. Like, you yeah. know, who bought it, how long they owned it. it, it it's going to start pulling in, you know, how much money was spent on what and when, and, and those allow you to immediately upload, you know, or at least underwrite those faster than, I mean, right now, like you said, real estate is so inefficient. Look at my, look at my average transaction from, from contract to close is typically 91 days. Uh, let's just say from, from listing to close, it's probably 90, I mean, minimum 91, let's just say it's a hundred days, but from, from listing to close right now, I'm averaging 91 days because I track everything because I'm a nerd, but 
Um, in that time frame, you typically have in a full inspection, you send an HVAC guy to look at the HVAC separately. You send a plumber in to look at the plumbing separately. If you have any electrical questions, you send an electrician in, you get a roofer, um, you know, you have your property management company walk the units and you look at kitchens and baths and you're calculating all these, you know, ages and time frames and how long are things going to go. If you could just remove that and all of a sudden you go to this tokenization platform and it gives you all of that, but not only that, it calculates a market underwriting that's already set, you know, in a region or something. I mean, it just could be so smooth, so sexy, so transparent. And, and yes, that would add a tremendous amount of value because it would bring just so many other, so many more investors to that single asset. And, and you're seeing, you saw some of that last 10 years in syndication, right? Like if I go put a building under contract and then I go get 50 buddies of mine to invest with me, it's kind of a mini blockchain relationship. They trust me, yada, yada, yada. But True blockchain will will wipe through that. Um, but you did have a question that just ran through my mind about oh, accredited investors. So yeah. legally to raise, money, I forgot about that. So thank yes. you for for bringing no, that back. And, and I wanted to bring that up specifically because it is very important that people understand it. And I'm not the right person to do it. So talk to an attorney. That's my disclaimer. Um, but in theory, you can now, you know, there's two ways to raise money, and I forget the the, the numbers and the letters behind them, but. Uh, one of them is an accredited investor. The other is unaccredited. Um, but, but, you know, the unaccredited is a pr pretty, pretty heavy lift to get approved by the, because you're essentially selling securities, right? Um, so, so you have to go uh, uh, get it, you, know, you have to put your, your papers together, your investment package, and you have to get it approved by the SEC. Um, and, 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 if you're, if you do it the other way, it's you know, it's the accredited version. You just have to make $250,000 a year plus and have done that for several years or have a net worth over a million dollars. Um, and you can find some of those links online and stuff like that. You'll, you'll see a lot of, a lot of growth in both of those categories. Me personally, I mean, I've joked that, uh, one of the thought processes I've had recently is, Hey, I know value is better than anybody because every deal that we sell, you know, we have 10 to 20 offers. We, we know how to create the market really, really well. Um, one of these days I'm going to go to, go to an owner and say, I want to create the market, but I also want to crowdfund at the same time. And that does a couple of things. One, it provides surety of execution to the seller, but two, it actually lets Mark Jensen put the power to the people, right? Because most investors don't have access to the markets that we deal in because you got to move quickly and you've got to be, you know, willing to go hard on earnest money day one. I mean, there's just so much there's just a lot of competition and some great guys that do this for a living. You know, like I wouldn't want to go buy apartment buildings cause I'm a broker and I know the guys that are buying these things, how long they've been doing it, how big their portfolios are, how risk averse or, or, you know, crazy they are sometimes. And I just wouldn't want to compete with that. But imagine if I could simultaneously go to the markets and say, Hey, we're going to go to market on this deal. You know, our, our debt is X and our equity raises Y who wants to roll the dice with me and, actually own a cool asset. I mean, that, that's my next move is starting to, to syndicate, but I want to do it in such a more broad format. And that's where crowdfunding to me is just absolutely amazing in the future. Yeah. Because you're able to do increased demand for the same property. I think that is, that's incredible. Um, <clears throat> so last question to wrap it up, because I was just thinking as you were talking about blockchain and you were talking about it, like you were excited about it a lot of real estate agents, even though we, we haven't talked a lot about blockchain recently because Bitcoin, which I know Bitcoin is just the tip of the iceberg of, of the technology that's underlying Bitcoin. Uh, but, uh, you know, we haven't talked about it a lot because Bitcoin's been in, been in the garbage. Like it's, it, 
you ran up to almost 20,000 <laughs> was it that, a few years ago and then it it it's i don't even know where it is today 8,000 uh but for a while their agents were really starting to freak out and there was there was a lot of content being put out there about blockchain uh will it put agents out of business in your in the commercial world i could see you guys having even more exposure to it sooner than we do on the residential side but you don't sound concerned about it are you concerned that that it might jeopardize your uh your profession or your your career or are you excited do you see it as a tool uh dude if you're not growing you're dying i love it get rid of me I mean, you, we, you and I talked offline how residential agents hate calling commercial agents. Get rid of us, because then I'm just going to be on the, on, you know, I'm just going to be on the other side where we're, you know, we're buying, we're buying deals, and it just becomes a stock market. But here, here is why I love commercial real estate. Every property has a life cycle. I mean, have you seen anybody that's lived in the same house for 200 years? The answer is probably yes. I've been to France. However, <laughs> yeah. for the most part, properties live and die. There is a life cycle and you can always buy into that. Whereas a stock market, a stock may or may not, right? I mean, you're buying a business. Are you really buying the assets? Are you buying the um, intellectual property? Are you buying what the strategy is? Are you buying their market? You know, but in commercial real estate, if you go buy a building on a corner, um, you know, that building's going to get older and older and older. And, you know, it, like think of a lease valuation, like if it has a 10 year lease, the very first day you sign that lease, it has more value than it will ever have ever again. So you're always underwriting the death of something. And that's where the opportunity lies. Um, so Bitcoin's at 7,741, but I love Bitcoin. I love the concept. I love what's happening in our space. And if you think about it, if you are afraid of getting cut out of this industry, like commercial real estate, which by the way, I'm not, because you'll always add value regardless. There's always going to be people asking questions. And you're always going to need a human element to just about anything. People are emotional. They don't want to make a decision by themselves. Um, there's reasons you have friends and family and expertise and, and conscious, uh, consciousness and, you know, all that fun stuff. So I, I have no concerns about that. It actually excites me that everyone's going to have to pivot and grow. Um, now I'm off topic again, but um, I'll just say that I'm excited. I will say this too. If you're worried about that, where we are in COVID-19, you know, you'll be worried. But the flip side of that is there's so much opportunity and reason to be excited. The, the best quote I heard this week on a webinar, because you and I are both webinared out, I'm sure at this point, but it said- Totally webinared out. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. The market is, when the market is bad, it's bad. When the market is really bad, it's good. And so I think these seismic shifts and some of these slow moving shifts like blockchain, I, I just think they're so fun. I mean, if you're on top of your game, you're looking for opportunities and looking for ways to pivot. Um, you know, if you don't, you're going to die. And, you know, that's just, that's just how things go, you know? I completely agree. I'm, I'm excited for it because I, sure, if you are just in the middle, you don't really add anything special at all. Um, you're just very middle of the road. You're easily replaceable. So yeah, you, you might not be necessary anymore, but those who are actually uh, providing unique value and really going above and beyond the true professionals, they're going to, they're going to thrive because I see blockchain as, as helping make it easier and cheaper to sell homes and to sell property. Bitcoin is, or not Bitcoin, but uh, blockchain is going to uh, just make it like, that's the mechanism for, for doing the transaction. You still need someone to know about the property. You you still need someone to figure out if that property makes sense for the buyer, and and now it's just to buy it to acquire it is now easier and cheaper. 
that's a good thing for agents, uh, CRE and residential. Absolutely. But in residential, I mean, I don't care how many clicks it takes to buy a house. Like you're going to physically go see that you're there, there's going to be commercial, you know, there's going to be companies moving people. There's going to be people that have questions about what streets to live on or not to live on, or I want to build or not build. I mean, people in residential just have so much opportunity. Um, and, and honestly, like you see these things like, you know, homie and some of these groups that are trying to drive that down, that only works in a great market. And right. the beauty of where we are right now is now is, I mean, we, we talked about this the other day. It's like the COVID crisis has, has basically reset everybody, myself included. I've been in business for 16 years. You think what worked the last 10 years is going to work the next 10? Absolutely not. And I think residential agents have such a fantastic opportunity to, you know, put a big hug around their clients and friends and just create awesome, awesome opportunities. Um, and lifestyle shifts. And, you know, we've seen this, this crisis and we saw nine and 10, which sounds like most of your listeners weren't with me struggling through those years, you lucky dogs, you, but um, (laughs) when, when, you know, when things are bad uh, it's interesting to see certain markets do really bad and certain markets actually improve. And what's crazy about this go around is you guys have seen it. We have winners and losers and it's just going to be, it's just going to create commotion and who makes money in commotion brokers, baby. So such a great opportunity right now for all of your listeners. I love it, dude. Th- thank you for bringing context and thank you for, you know, educating us a little bit on, on what's going on on the commercial side. I learned a bunch today and, you know, I'm excited at some point, Mark, we're, we're going to be talking about um, you putting some of my money to work and, and making that happen. Cause um yeah, you're obviously very, very good at what you do, and I appreciate you taking the time to share with us today. Um, not quite done yet, not off the hook. We do have our rapid-fire questions of the Let's week that we do it. with every guest. <laughs> Let's do it. So either or questions, just pick one or the other. You don't need to elaborate if you don't want to. Uh, we can just blow right through them, and then um, at the end, we'll let, we'll let you tell everybody how they can find you and, and connect with you and learn more about you. Uh, let's start with Facebook or Instagram. Insta baby. Instagram or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Books or podcasts? Books. Podcasts or audiobooks? I'd say your podcast and some <laughs> some audiobooks. <laughs> well played, my friend. I like it. <laughs> it's too bad that this is the final episode of the Massive Agent Podcast because I could not remember the supply word in supply and demand, but that's another story. I, I think uh, you're good, man. <laughs> I, I think I rebounded it. Yeah. yeah, you rebounded great. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to edit it though. I'm, no, I'm no not going to do it. Uh, iPhone or Android? Uh, I recently switched iPhone because I couldn't FaceTime my daughters. So I, I'm an iPhone guy and uh, I, can't, I can't go back, but I've loved it. So I'd say iPhone. Love it. Alexa or Google Home? Alexa. Burgers or pizza? I'm going to go burgers. New York or LA? I got married in New York. I'm going to go New York. I love New York. Oh, it's so <laughs> itching to go back there. I don't know about you, but. Oh, man. the energy is epic. Although I do love LA and love the beach, but yeah, my, uh, New York has just like this crazy energy. Yes. It's crazy. So. Central Park's the most amazing place ever. Oh, it's bizarre. You couldn't. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, NFL or NBA? Ooh. My dad was the commissioner of his uh, fantasy league since 1980. Uh, So I'm going to go NFL. That's a good reason to go NFL. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Baseball or football? Uh, I'll say football. 
College or pro? Uh, big fan of college. Huge nice. fan. Mountains or beach? Uh, I'm going to go beach, even though, you know, we live in the mountains. I'll say Man, beach. You're taking it for granted, my friend, these mountains. <laughs> I don't know about it's you, true. but I still, like, it, every every afternoon when the sun's setting and it does that glow thing where it all turns purple on the mountains, uh, yeah, I yeah. still, I'll, I'll just stop what I'm doing and just stare. Like, it, we live in such a beautiful spot. Um, podcasting or vlogging? So I'm going to say I'm amazed and, and enjoying some vlogs lately. Um, I think it adds some incredible visual context to it. Um, but dude, podcasting is just so easy to go for a walk, go for a run and just get some incredible information. Right. So I, I love, I'd say both, but I'd say I'd spend more time in the podcast space. Nice. I agree. Incredible information out there and this show. So, so that's that. Yes, Yes. exactly. That's a given. Uh, YouTube or Facebook live? Uh, I'd say YouTube for me. Uber or Lyft? Uh, I've been an Uber guy. So I'll say Uber. Gary V or Grant Cardone? <sighs> Love me some Gary V. I think that guy truly loves and cares for people. Like I just get a sense from him that I love. So I'll say Gary V. Although Grant Cardone is buying apartments. So I do have to kind of like that guy. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, all the, the other day, someone texted me. They're like, do you hear Grant Cardone's bankrupt? I'm like, already? Like, this market just barely turned, like, a second ago. Is he really that no. over-levered is what I thought. But it was just some I, bullshit he, he's, marketing. He's things. just going to have to crowdfund his jet. Outside of that, he'll be fine. Well, I don't even think he did. Like, he he did this weird Instagram live where he's like, I'm bankrupt. I'm, everything's going back to the banks. You can get it cheap. It was so weird. And, oh, really? And it, But it was just like this joke. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. He's a weird freaking dude. Anyways, um, what's the most impactful book you've read or listened um, to? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this is the, my third time around, but obviously heading into the COVID crisis and trying to figure out what opportunities that's going to create for myself and my clients. I've been reading the obstacle is the way again, which I absolutely love that book. Oh, um, yep. Um, oh, what's his, cause I've heard that on audible too. Our mutual friend Brody Saunders from Ideal Estate, he uh, he recommended that. Uh, Eric, no, Jesus, what's the guy's name? The author, I, I'm Ben Horowitz, because I want to make sure that everybody reads it right now. Ben uh, Horowitz, right? I think so. That sounds right. Oh, this says obstacles away. Ryan Holiday, is that wrong? Oh, for I, get, I think it's I Ryan Holiday. Okay, know. I'm I'm thinking of the book that has uh, it's black with orange letters. Yeah, this is the timeless art of turning trials into triumph. Ryan Holiday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I have that one too. I, th- I think Brody told me about that one also. I'm thinking of where is it? I'm scrolling my Audible. Uh, it is a Ben Horowitz book, and it's awesome. Oh, the hard thing about hard things. Oh, that's cool. I haven't read that one, so I'll put that one on my next. That is a really, really good book by Ben Horowitz. But, uh, but yes. The obstacle is the way perfect for today's world. Mark, if anyone wants to learn more about you or follow what you're doing or hear, you know, more of your wisdom, where can they find you? Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, I'm very active or I try to be anyway when I'm not, you know, doing, I'm not in the business as Dustin and I've talked about. Uh, LinkedIn is uh, Mark Jensen Siri. Instagram is Mark Jensen Siri. I also am attempting to revamp and hit harder my blog blog at markjensencre.com. Nice. 
and uh, maybe a little hint at a little uh, podcast, maybe that uh, it's coming yeah. out. I, Dustin is the man. I mean, I just want to shout out <laughs> your listeners. One, if you're not, you know, if you're not learning, you're not earning. And I have so much respect for people that put in the time uh, to move their lives forward. I think my, what I want everybody to take away from this is if I can be a resource for them, or if I can help you find a commercial agent in your market, uh, help you find that right person to drive value to your clients and put dollars in your pocket, please let me know. I think there has been a big disconnect and, and sort of a big fence between commercial and residential, but as information flows, and residential agents have, you know, look up above what they're working on now to see what other opportunities are out there. I just think there's so much money that you can make. Um, and eventually maybe you want to get into more commercial deals, maybe not, but uh, I just really have a ton of respect for, for anybody listening to this and I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to be here. You bet. But what about your podcast? Oh yeah. Sorry. And in <laughs> that, in that fashion, um, I, so Dustin has helped me a couple years ago, like in 2013, 14, um, I had, lit up a, a podcast called everybody wins. Um, and really the, 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 what came from that are, is that my favorite deals, I, I'm unable to do a deal if everybody doesn't win. I mean, if you call me and say, Hey, we can go, you know, screw this guy and take over his loan and foreclose on him. I'm not your huckleberry, but my favorite deals are literally where everyone does win, you know, goals are aligned you get stuff done. And we've, we've had some, you know, absolute home runs in my day. And, and I've, I've had the pleasure of having some pretty incredible people on already. Um, and, and Dustin's helping me line up uh, some very intentional, impactful podcasts moving forward. And I'd love your feedback and your thoughts and questions. Um, but it's going to be a continuation of Everybody Wins, a commercial real estate podcast with Mark Jensen, powered by Dustin Brome. <laughs> uh, powered by Industry Syndicate sounds a little better because you don't want anything <laughs> powered by me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, uh, I'm excited for that uh, You know, coming soon. So look for that on the Industry Syndicate. And uh, yeah, so Mark, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and, and teaching us some stuff. And, um, you know, I'm going to keep my eyes open now that I know like what I should be looking for and some, some potential things that, that could be of value for clients, for, for me, for, you know, for you, another commercial agent, whatever. Um, I'm going to do that. So, so thank you. I really appreciate your time today. Love it, man. Thank you very much and honored. And thanks for listening and uh, look forward to doing deals with you guys. For sure. Incredible stuff. I, I think we're going to need to do a follow-up episode at some point just to dive deeper on some of the stuff we talked about that we just kind of skimmed the surface. I wanted to make sure you guys got the context of how how the hell, to be to be honest, how the hell an agent got a referral fee for 273000 And now you know that's possible. And here's what that looked like. Great. There's so much more you can dive into and we'll, we'll probably have Mark on in a future episode. So that is awesome. Um, make sure you go connect with him and look for his upcoming podcast that will be released fairly soon called Everybody Wins on the Industry Syndicate Podcast Network. Our first and only commercial podcast yet. We'll be bringing a few more on, but um, he has... <laughs> He know he is so plugged in, not just in Utah, but beyond that there's going to be some very big names, very big personalities, very valuable guests on his show. And so I'm excited to listen. I'm excited to be a listener of his podcast when it comes out. So guys, over the last two months, my my organization, my my national real estate team at eXp Realty has grown a hundred percent. I've doubled the team in two months, and some, you know. 
yes, I'm working my ass off and, and, you know, to help that happen. But the economy and the state of the world that we're in right now has been a big catalyst, has been gas on the fire. It's been incredible. Agents are realizing left and right that they don't need their office space or they don't want it or they're just not willing to pay for it anymore. And that they, they're realizing they can work virtually. They're realizing there is a better way out there. I mean, let me ask you this. If you, if you owned Blockbusters and you knew Netflix existed, what would you do? Would you stick around at Blockbuster and just wait it out? Would you buy more Blockbusters? Would you uh, encourage your friends to come join you in owning Blockbusters if Netflix existed? Or would you be like, hmm, how can I actually get the hell out of this and go to the go to the new thing? That's why a lot of that's why so many people are coming out of the woodwork right now. So many agents are moving to EXP, and it's no secret if you see the information with open eyes, with a with fresh eyes, with um, not fresh that that would make it sound like you were tired before, but you know what I mean, with an open mind. With an open mind, you can take your team jersey off for just a second and and see what EXP is all about and understand the business model. Then you can decide if it's for you or not. And if not, cool, that's fine. I just want to make sure you can see the business model and decide whether or not it makes sense for you. Go to massiveagentpodcast.com slash EXP, massiveagentpodcast.com slash EXP and click play on the video. If you if you have questions afterwards, right below the video, you can schedule a Zoom call with me right there. I have my calendar scheduler embedded in the page. Schedule it, quick 30 minutes. Um, you know, we can bust it out and answer any questions you have. And uh, I can show you how the business model will work for you and how you will fit into it. Uh, above and beyond that, Neil Mathweg and myself have teamed up. He's the founder of Agent Rise Coaching and host of the Agent Rise podcast. He he and I have teamed up in EXP. Anyone who joins uh, EXP under him, you know, with him, they're not only getting him, but they're getting myself and other leaders in the in the team. So um, you've heard me mention before our Massive Agent Society coaching program. Uh, our EXP agents get access to that for free because we want you to have, of course, the resources to to, to you know take your uh, take your marketing game to the whole, a whole new level and generate a bunch more leads than you're used to and have full control over your your ability to generate leads so you get that for free as part of our team you also get Neil Mathweg's agent rise coaching which is very different from my lead gen and marketing coaching and training his is very good for agents who are brand new or stuck uh, it's more traditional about a business plan and breaking through those barriers and, you know, the finances part of being an agent and, um, you know, more than just marketing. So it's a great one-two punch. If you are looking at eXp Realty, if you are looking at making a move elsewhere and maybe you don't know about eXp, consider joining with us, partnering with us, linking arms with us because we're going to help you. You're in business, not not. F- wow, I almost screwed that up. You're in business for yourself but by no means by yourself. And so partner with us, get the information over at, at uh, massiveagentpodcast.com slash EXP, click play on it. And if you like it, let's chat and uh, and we'll show you how we can help you in addition to and above and beyond what EXP offers, which let's be honest, is enough. It's just fantastic. But Neil Mathweg and myself are offering even more to anyone who, uh, who decides to partner with us. Um, because we are now financially incentivized to help you to sell more homes. That is a very, very powerful thing. Don't underestimate that. That's why EXP is growing so fast. We, 
we are now, if I'm just going to say it bluntly without sugarcoating, if I want to make a bunch of money, the way that I do that with eXp is to help you make a bunch of money, sell a bunch of homes and grow a team to help you make a bunch of money. Then I can, it's an amazing thing that is, uh, it's really changing the industry. So, um, hopefully if you are, uh, exploring or open-minded, hopefully you're, uh, you're willing to at least see if this makes sense for you. And if so, let's chat one last time, massiveagentpodcast.com slash EXP and hit me up with any questions or just schedule a, a zoom call right there in the, right there on the page. And we'll do that. So cool guys. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. A great episode and thank you for your support. Thank you for sharing this episode with your colleagues and your friends in the industry. It helps us out a lot. And, uh, you know, any messages or feedback that you have of how we can make the show better. I'd love to hear. Uh, I do this for you guys. You know, I, I enjoy it. Yes, but I enjoy it because I'm able to, uh, to meet new people and, and help you get through a rough spot or help you to level up. Um, because I know what it's like to, to struggle and to, to kind of be stuck at a certain level for a while. So, um, yeah, th- I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Go sell some loans. Wow, man, I'm, I'm maybe I need to get a coffee or something myself. Go close some loans, go sell some homes. Take care. Have a great weekend, guys. Talk to you soon.